0: In the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another installment of Rebound Radio on Voice America Radio, 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy in studio. Matt Fish, I believe, will be joining us a little bit later. Um, Not exactly sure of his whereabouts at this juncture, but um, he'll either call in or be here soon. Um, Got a lot to talk about today. Um, Obviously, the... Focus of this show, Rebound Radio and Rebound Magazine, a publication that Matt Fish spearheads and um, edits and just publishes quarterly um, for the National Basketball Retired Players Association, is foundationalized on the betterment of former athletes in their day-to-day lives after uh, their days in the NBA or overseas, WNBA, Harlem Globetrotters even, um, when those days are over. And when real life really starts to come into play and the paychecks aren't as big and uh, the endorsements aren't there and and there's families to support, and the NBRPA acts as a um, support system, um, a guidance counseling system, uh, whether it be marital counseling or financial advising or uh, addiction specialists. Uh, The NBRPA is a multi-pronged corporation that, again, helps former athletes um, live day-to-day life. Because, I mean, it's, it's tough sometimes. And I'm not, you know, speaking from experience. Uh, my basketball days ended uh, when I was about 17. I did win the intramural basketball championship my freshman year at University of Colorado at Boulder. Uh, I'm not sure if that counts. I don't think it's on the same plane as what we're talking about now. Uh, but it's, it's a great organization focusing on people, that happened to play in the NBA at one point, or WNBA, or overseas, etc. So these guys, um, you know, they, they, get out of, uh, they get out of the league, either through retirement, injury, forced retirement, whatever it may be, and they're like, well, what now? So I have, you know, a little nest saved, uh, hopefully, and I don't know what to do now. I'm 36 years old. I have hopefully 40 more or 50 more years to live what do I do? I played college ball for a year. I went to college for a year or two years. I didn't get a degree. Uh, some of them just, you know, picked, uh, picked a major just to pick a major because, you know, some didn't want to go to class. Some were, you know, top tier athletes, so they didn't necessarily need to, especially 20, 25 years ago when school really wasn't a focal point. And they're trying to bring that around in colleges now, and, and uh, kudos to them for that. But It's tough. And again, not speaking from experience, from what, from what I've talked with Matt about, uh, Matt Fish, whose who's show this is, he's just, uh, I'm gracious enough to be able to you know co-host the show with him. Uh, he played in the NBA for 10 years. He got a four-year degree at UNC Wilmington. So it's in education, I believe, and he's got two masters since then. So the, he's not the normal case uh, for the players that are now uh, a part of the NBRPA or looking to become a part of it. Uh, m- many of them are lost. So, no college degree, no real skill set besides uh, basketball, which is... Uh, there was a lost generation with players in the, you know, in the 80s and 90s that... They weren't forced to learn, they weren't forced to go to school. And, and it's tough uh, now because uh, they don't know what they want to do. And this is not, sounds like a very uh, blanketed statement, very absolute statement. It's not. We live in the gray here. So, every case is different, obviously, to coin the cliche. But the NBRPA lends any hand it can in an effort to better these gentlemen and women, women and gentlemen's day-to-day lives. So, one of the major things that uh, the NBRPA, Matt Fish, Cedric Sabalos, I think, started this and has moved on to another, uh, another cause is... Uh, heart health There are companies that um, Pro bono, I believe that that put on these clinics that have these clinics for former athletes to be able to go and get their heart screened Because the more you play the the more your heart races and it, it it's not it doesn't matter how Physically fit you are and I'm not a doctor. It doesn't matter how physically fit you are You know you get older you you exert more energy on a day-to-day basis than most especially in this country and when it's over, you need to maintain the health that you once had when you were on the court, because you're you're in tip-top uh, uh, physical shape at that point. Most of them, most of the former athletes, but now as you're getting to the 40s, early 50s, your body's starting to break down a little bit quicker than others, because again, you exerted all that energy for so long. You know, since you're seven, eight, nine years old, most of them make it to the NBA are at the top of whatever. Uh, Tier they're playing in whether it be you know 11 under 15 under 18 under whatever it is high school and college traditionally you're the star So you play more basketball than anybody you're on the court more than anybody you're getting more exposure You go to more camps you do all these things in an effort to make it to the nba Okay, you make it to the nba you play 10 or 12 years Hopefully summer three or four and then you're out and then you need to maintain that health That you had all the way through your life and your body tends to break down quicker so the nbrpa has allowed, you know, there's heart screenings, and now there's, there's eye tests. I think that's what Cedric Sabalos is jumping on now. Matt and I talked about that a little bit last week. This is just one facet that the NBRPA provides for former athletes, health. Because people, you know, people that watch games, and, you know, they're just, you know, your avid fan, your, your, your uh, passive fan, whatever it may be, when those players are not on TV or you're not talking about them in conversation, you don't really think about it. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's just being human. You know, your life goes on, and when the Lakers aren't on, you're not necessarily thinking about D'Angelo Russell, or whatever it may be. But those guys continue to live their lives. And they need to be healthy, and they need to be taken care of, because the entertainment value that they um, gave to us is no longer there. So they get overlooked a lot. And that's, again, why the NBRPA is so important. 888-346-9144. Check out voiceamerica.tv. Matt and I went to Vegas a couple months ago for the NBA Legends Conference. Got a lot of great interviews on there. Keith Klaus, Cherokee Parks, a bunch of older, a bunch of guys that used to play in the NBA that that I watched on TV and I got to talk to, which was pretty cool. George Lynch, um, that are really joining the cause. The NBRPA is important, and the NFL overshadows everything. That's not to say that the NBRPA that is is, uh, celebrating its 25-year anniversary this year um, is not doing things to better their former athletes. And they're doing great things. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. I do want to talk about LeBron and sitting and resting and all this stuff, 82-game season, should they shorten the season? Um, Ticket prices should, you know... uh, uh, people that go want to go watch games and they want to spend a hundred bucks to sit uh, in a seat that if the Memphis Grizzlies were playing the Milwaukee Bucks would be 18 bucks Do they get a refund because LeBron didn't play talk about that a little bit um, Gotta stop everything though. Um, Craig Sager uh, passed away about an hour ago hour and a half ago um, From acute myeloid leukemia. I think this was his third bout with it after two remissions uh, died at 65 for those of you that don't know, Craig Sager is one of the last great sideline reporters um, in all sports. He's been, he was doing it forever. He's known for his outlandish garb, I mean, to put it mildly. Um, I remember watching him when I was growing up, when I was 13, 15, 16, really starting to get into basketball. And him and David Aldridge we just so good at what they did and it's it's something that gets overlooked a lot uh, asking questions to athletes after games before games poignant questions funny questions. Um, it's an art form and he was so effortless in his abilities to bring information out of a source that maybe didn't want to talk after a game brings smiles and laughter in the middle of a game. I mean Greg Popovich's h- him and Greg Popovich's uh friendship has had you know blossomed because Greg Popovich is a jackass in between game in between quarters when he gets interviewed and Craig Sager and him kind of built a friendship out of it, which was great. Um I'm sure we'll get a speech or a uh, a uh yeah, a speech from Greg Popovich after whatever game they play next, especially one that would be on TNT. Um Rest in peace, Craig Sager. You've done immeasurable things for the reporting industry, for lack of a better phrase, and for basketball as a whole. It's uh, a sad day. It's a sad day. I was talking with a couple of my friends at work, I texted my dad, and we've lost a lot of celebrities, I hate that term, but people that are in the media one way or another, music, print, news, whatever, TV, Uh, this one hurt more. Maybe it's because I've been a sports fan forever. Um, Maybe it's because he was very candid about his journey. He let the cameras into the hospital and what he did on a day-to-day basis, you know, go to to chemo and walk and he would walk to the, the children's hospital and do all these things and he was just such from I, I mean nobody knows him except for his friends obviously so this is all that's portrayed in the media but in situations like this i don't think the media ever does anything to make it look better or worse than this person is because this person is battling something that's an atrocity and he's doing it in the public eye with as much grace as any human being could do so he will be sorely sorely missed in the basketball world and you know in the in the world in general and um, it's just a sad day one thing that I hope more than anything is that they give Craig Sager's son a job that they give Craig Sager Jr. a job at TNT For those, I, I, I can't remember how long ago this was it was months ago maybe last year uh, Craig was in It had come back for the second time, the leukemia, and they had Craig Sager Jr. do sideline reporting for a Spurs game. And he got to interview Greg Popovich in the middle of a quarter, at the end of a quarter. And it's just right. Ted Turner is not a dumb guy. I think it would behoove him and the Turner family, TNT, TBS, everything. Everything that Craig Sager stood for I think it would be doing just the American public as a whole a disservice if they didn't allow the lineage to continue. I mean, Craig Sager Jr. is what? I mean, he's got to be 30 maybe, and he's 28. Yeah, he tweeted out, Time is simply how you live your life. We packed a lifetime and then some into these 28 years together. Pay it forward. Give him a job. Give him a job. Give that damn kid a job. And let him, I mean, even if there's going to be bumps and bruises, make him, you know, make him learn either on TV or off, but get him in the family. Because we lost Craig Sager way too early, and there is not one better person on this planet to follow his lead than his son. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, there's no real easy way to transition, but... Is it easy to say that LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love not making the trip to Memphis two nights ago doing a disservice to the fans? Is it safe to say that? No. Is it correct? No, it's not. Um... And this is this is a tough and finicky subject because without fans, and y- you can't really <laughs> without fans, there kinda would be no franchises, which isn't true. I mean, all the money they got from the from the TV markets, I guess you see the uh, from the new TV deal. I guess people watch it on TV, and you know people advertise on TV, so all these players get paid all this money. I get it. If there were zero s- fans in the stand, the games would still be played. For a certain amount of time, at least. So, I understand the pissed offedness that that fans would have that, you know, say you live in Nashville and you want to take the trip to Memphis to watch the Grizzlies play LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love and the Cavaliers on a Wednesday afternoon. So you buy the tickets, you buy them early. You're like, God, oh, we're going to get good seats before the prices go up on StubHub and all this stuff. Awesome. We're going to spend 90 bucks a pop to go sit, you know, dead center, 25 rows up. It's probably more than that. Probably have to sit on second tier against uh, when the Cavs come into town. But you sit, you're like, yes, we're going to go. Let's go get dinner. Let's get a family together. It's going to be awesome. And you get there, and LeBron's not even in the building. So... Damn it. Spent all this money, drove all the way up here just to see my favorite player, LeBron James, play, and he's still in Cleveland. He's at home watching this game on TV with his family. Damn it. Now I'm upset with LeBron. Now I'm upset with Kyrie and Kevin Love to a lesser degree. They're being selfish because I spent all this money and now i can't watch them play is that fair because they want to win a championship and they don't want to you know tra- i mean traveling i understand you should travel with your team always i get that part but the goal is june the goal is not mid december and they almost won that game anyways i think they lost by 8 but traveling to memphis a team that's not going to do much and you know a team that they maybe 20 times out of 100, could beat without... Um, I'd say maybe 10 to 15 times without the, the big three. It just Seems like a boring game. It's one that you would take off if you were a superstar and you wanted to rest in an effort to make a longer push into the playoffs and finals. As far as I'm concerned, let's step back into reality. I went, th- I went through a fan reality for a second. Let's step back into, you know, real life. This is the right call. It is. People love Greg Popovich, but Pop would sit everybody during every big game. Anytime they played LeBron in Miami or whatever, had eh, Timmy, take the night off. Let him win this one. I mean, who cares? Wolf will we'll compete, but this game doesn't matter. This just shows how much the regular season does not matter in the NBA for good teams, teams affluent with talent. And this is just another one of those. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it sucks. Okay, I get it. As a fan, it sucks. But as a franchise and as a team that won the championship last year, they did something right. It makes sense. It's good business. Alex Clancy in studio solo today, Rebound Radio. On the other side, I'm going to continue this talk with LeBron. We're going to get a little bit into Russell Westbrook, talk some NBRPA, and some other good stuff. Alex Clancy in studio, Rebound Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Yeah! You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Alex Clancy in studio solo today, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Matt Fish. At Rebound Talk on Twitter. Email him, Matt Fish at reboundmagazine.com, if you want to get any sort of information on the N- NBRPA, NBA legends, um, everything. Rebound Magazine, Matt is the guy to talk to. Unfortunately, he's not here today. So, uh, LeBron James, should those three have sat against Memphis? No. No, they should not have. Um, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that that's how, that's the, the texture of the NBA nowadays. And my counter-argument to my argument, because I'm by myself, I can argue with myself, is with these guys making this much money, you gotta play. You gotta play. If you're, if you're not injured, you have to play. 20 minutes, 15 minutes... Everything that I just said was set around the fact that because of the new TV deals, they're making all this money and fans watch TV advertisers who are probably also fans. Some of them advertise on TV to pay these salaries to pay the the uptick in salary. So if you're making 30 million dollars a year, LeBron play 12 minutes. Make the trip. You know, a lot of people would just be happy to see your antics on the sidelines, flipping water bottles and stuff. People want to be in the presence of greatness, whether it be in a jersey or in a suit. And you robbed these people of that. LeBron is a generational talent. So he he lives to different rules than others these rules are what kept him from winning more championships than he could have because he would play 38 and 40 minutes a game and he would ooze and Oz would come from the crowd and he'd be getting triple doubles and doing all these things like Russell Westbrook's doing now, but it didn't yield his ability to be able to make it through an NBA final series without him completely running out of gas. He shouldn't have won the MVP last year because he played at 60% the whole damn year. He's just so good that he was able to put up the numbers that an all-star puts up while playing at 100%. But you wonder why they came back from 3-1. Yes, some of it was luck. Yes, some of it was Draymond Green kicking people in the junk and getting suspended. But it's also because LeBron had 10 more percent in the tank than anybody else in the building. Because he knows his body better than anybody else. That, let me... He knows his body better than anybody else knows their bodies in the NBA. He's like the Tom Brady of the NBA. So, play. Make the trip. Now we get the equilibrium back. People get less people pissed off at you for this. I mean, people are gonna be pissed off at you for being great for no reason. I get it, but just make the trip. So that was my counter-argument. Do I think he needed to? No. No. This is, this is just the nature of the beast. These, p- these players are going to be overpaid. They're not going to have to play a certain amount of games to get paid because it's all guaranteed. And fans are going to be pissed off if they don't play. That's just what it's going to be. But people are going to watch the NBA. People are going to jump at the chance to go see LeBron next year. It's a calculated gamble to buy tickets to go watch anybody play. I wanted to come out, I'm living in Phoenix, I wanted to see Kobe play three or four times, bought tickets, didn't play any time. I still had fun at the game. It's not like somebody peed in my cereal. Even though the popcorn sometimes... Fans will be there no matter what. This will be overlooked in three days. But for now, because these games really don't matter much, this isn't even the Saturday at the Masters yet. This isn't even jockeying for position yet. This is, I just hope nobody gets hurt, and I hope we win more games than we lose. That's what this part of the NBA is right now. That's it. All-star break in February, then people can kind of turn it on. Okay, well, um, we got to make a push, or we're going to sit more games, or we're going to cut your minutes, LeBron, by 10, so you can play 26 or 30 instead of 36 or 38. The reason why the nba is the way it is today in my opinion is one main reason and it's 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 a positive and a negative so how it got us to what the nba as a game is right now this same reason got us to where we are now so you can't be upset about it because it was the catalyst that got NBA fans from watching tape-delayed playoff games and games in general to being able to watch games on freaking Twitter So this one thing got us here. I mean, obviously technology has something to do with it, but it's also the reason why The NBA is now fizzling and crumbling and melting like the polarized caps David Stern Is one of the best Commissioners was one of the best commissioners that any sport has ever seen Doesn't matter all four majors I Think he came in in 1978 or 1980 He's like okay. Well number one, we're not gonna tape delay, tape delay jack We're gonna watch live games make it happen. Okay, so good For, fine So so that was fixed obviously with technology that helped Number two, we're gonna globalize this mother People in China are going to know who Magic Johnson is. We're going to do it. We're not just going to expose ourselves to other countries during the Olympics. And at that point, it was all college athletes anyways. And nobody knows who the college athletes were, so it doesn't matter. It's an amateur sport. That's just what it was. I'm getting to my point, I promise. David Stern made the conscious decision to make the NBA a star-driven sport. And what, what do you mean by star-driven sport? Obviously, it makes sense that you know, you'll market the best players in the sport. Okay, any sport will do that, right? I mean, that makes sense. NFL, they market the shield. They market helmets, pads, touchdowns, football, field goals, extra points, shield. Favorite team, pick one. If you don't have one, you're not a real fan. Yeah, stars will come and go. Yeah, I understand. It doesn't matter if they get injured, but you still get to root for your team. That's freaking Eagles fans. That's Bear fans. When was the last time either of them were relevant? Four NFC Championship games, I guess, counts with Donovan McNabb, but they haven't got to the promised land. Recently. So... I understand the life expectancy of NFL players is shorter, so it's harder to brand um, superstars, but I think Aaron Rodgers is doing a pretty good job. Tom Brady, Adrian Peterson before he beat his kid. Like an idiot. The NBA, since 1979, Larry Magic. Larry Magic. David Stern should kiss both of their foreheads. Because ma- They made his job a lot easier to brand the game with stars because you had these two budding stars coming out. One with a big smile one from a small place called French Lick and went to Indiana State and they happened to have played each other in the NCAA championship the year before. How poetic could it be? So they come in they went to the two best franchises they could have gone to because they both had storied histories Celtics more than Lakers at that point. And then they took off. Then you got Jordan in 86. And you had the whole, I mean, the whole Celtic team with Parrish and and Kevin McHale and Dennis Johnson, but they weren't as market weren't as marketable because they weren't a hick from French Lick. In Magic, nobody had that smile and was 6'9 playing point guard, changing the game every dribble of the ball. So David Stern, like the smart businessman that he is, it's like, oh. I'm running the coattails here. I'm just gonna pluck every superstar that I have in this league and just flood the market in every single country on the planet. We're gonna play overseas. Oh, you know what, in 92? Yeah, 88, uh, that's fine. 92, we're sending, we're sending pros over there. We're gonna beat Angola by 70 in the first game. Ang- Angolan players are going to be asking for autographs from Charles Barkley in the middle of the game. Sign my shoes, please. That's what David Stern did. He made superstars look godlike in every other continent. Yeah, I mean, I guess including North America, but in every continent that wasn't used to the star-studded nature that we grew accustomed to in the mid-80s and on in the NBA. So David Stern is the reason why, again, we are where we are now with popularity across the globe. And now the whole influx of the European players and South American players and Yao Ming and all of these guys that it changed the game. And now with all the money involved, players are acting differently. Mike is making fi- five year, $153 million. That's the contract. He's not even an all-star. That's the money now, but... So that's the positive, that we got here, because of David Stern. The negative is that now there are four teams that can win the finals. Because these athletes got smart. They, they've always been smart, but they got smarter. Hey, if we want to win, we need three guys and a bunch of role players. We all want to get paid. We all want to shoot the ball 25 times. And we want to be a part of little brotherhoods in big markets. Take Cleveland away at this point. Miami became a big market. When Shaq went there, I guess, in 05. That became a big market. Now, David Stern's project is now turning on everybody. But you can't really fault him because that's how we got here. That's how we got to the $200 million contract. LeBron, uh, Steph Curry this summer could sign a five-year $207 million extension. That's how we got here, was David Stern throwing up as much as he possibly could of NBA garb across the globe with 12 players. Look at these players. Buy these players' jerseys, and the rest will come. Oh, your favorite player is Charles Barkley with Philadelphia? Oh, well, you know what? If you watch him in Italy and you stay, you know, you wake up at or whatever it is, if you're up at three o'clock in the morning watching a game, then you keep watching those games, you start to get to know the other players. And it builds from stardom down. It builds from the star of the Christmas tree down instead of the foundation, the base, the the trunk up. And now we're getting really, really top heavy. And it's becoming an issue. And that's what we're dealing with. 888-346-9144, Alex Clancy in Studio. On Facebook Live, my phone's gonna run out of battery. But uh other than that, you know, I don't know. I got nothing else. Okay. About that, about Facebook Live. I can talk about basketball forever. Russell Westbrook is still averaging a triple double. Thirty and a half, <laughs> ten and a half assists. Ten and a half rebounds. I mean, this is bonkers. We're a third of the way into the season, and this guy's still averaging a triple-double. And poor James Harden is having a career year, 27 and a half, 11 and a half assists, and eight boards. Any other year, that's MVP. But what wrestle, What? Wrestle, uh, talk. What Russell Westbrook is doing is special. Truly. Now you look at the record, 15-11 for Oklahoma City, 19-7 for Houston. Houston's a four seed, and James Harden is just blowing it up. He's playing point guard. He's playing defense. I never thought that I'd see the day where I looked forward to watching James Harden play. I'd play with him on NBA 2K because it's not fair. I mean, he jacks threes, and I mean, it's perfect this kid can ball. And he's evolving. And he's learning that just because you take 25 shots a game doesn't mean you can't make everybody else better. Mike D'Antoni, I mean, this could be a match made in heaven. And we'll see. I mean, I'm curious to see what it would be like if they still had Dwight Howard. Um, because Dwight Howard w- would have helped things a little bit. I know not in the locker room because he's a jackass. But I think having a real presence down low probably would help a little bit so they don't have to just jack threes all the time. But James Harden is doing something special too. 27.6, 11.7, 7.8. So much eight rebounds a game. He gets the line more than anybody. He's still doing his same thing, but he's facilitating because he's playing point guard. I mean, this is something that only Mike D'Antoni could get out of him. Hey, you want to win? Cool. You can still shoot a lot. You can still shoot gratuitously. But try this. Try this. Try passing a little bit more. And not just passing when you're triple teamed. Try facilitating an offense. And your shots will come. Because you're going to shoot them no matter what. Yours is the, you're the easy part of this offense. Because we don't need anybody else. You'll dipsy-doodle for 23 seconds and jack one. You're probably the second best, ah, third. Third best bad shot taker in the NBA. Bad shot maker, I should say. Steph Curry, Carmelo Anthony, James Harden. It's not a great list to be on. Steph's got a ring, he gets away with it. But he's smooth and he's elusive And I'm gonna throw up because I never thought that I would talk like this about James Harden, but I am, because he deserves it. 18 and nine, 18 and seven, 18 and seven, 19 and seven. They're nine and one in their last ten. You know, I mean, it. You can't really mess with the numbers with a team that. You could say the Houston is overperforming, but they're not performing that. They won nineteen out of twenty-six. I mean, it's good. It's probably better than most thought that they would uh, be performing. Ryan Anderson was a great acquisition for them. He's a great three-point shooter. But it's boggling my mind how he's doing this. And I mean, Russell Westbrook is—it's—it's it's video game. And everybody says that, and I hate it, but I love it. I love saying that. It's like playing NBA 2K on easy against somebody that doesn't know how to play. Blindfolded. The fact that you can average more points than LeBron, average more assists than Chris Paul, and average more rebounds than DeMarcus Cousins. Bravo. That's all you can say. You can be as pissed off and angry and hate Russell Westbrook because, you know, he's just trying to get numbers, he's trying to get paid, he's trying to be an MVP. So what? That's the best way they, that's the best chance they have to win a championship. DeMarcus Cousins averages .4 more rebounds than Russell Westbrook at this juncture, so I stand corrected. Alex Clancy in studio, Rebound Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
2: Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs>
0: Perfect time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America
2: on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, Blackberry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market.
0: You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Uh, welcome back. Final segment, 888-346-9144. Alex Lancy in studio, uh, Rebound Radio. Matt Fish will be back next week. Uh, Email him, mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. If you want to advertise for Rebound Magazine, it's a great publication that features former NBA players um, and their lives after the game, uh, what they're doing, what charities they're a part of, everything. It's, it's an awesome publication. The All-Star edition's coming out, um, I think, in February. I think? January? February? Something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, check it out, because he does a lot of really good things, and I really only say this when he's not here. Because <laughs> I don't want to give him more credit when he's in front of, when he's in front of me, um, that's not true. Um, but yeah, email him, follow him at Rebound Talk, like the NBA Legends page on Facebook, like the NBR page page uh, page, on, page on Facebook. Do it. Got a caller, Jerry. What's going on? Thanks for calling in.
2: Hey, brother. What's up?
1: Just chilling.
2: Jerry Baloney. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Hey, man. um, Yeah, I just wanted to uh, call, and uh, this whole thing about the uh, LeBron thing and the fans is just absolutely ridiculous. On what side? Well, you know what? LeBron, I totally back because what he's doing, he's been in the league 14 years now, and the guy needs to rest. Uh, you know to win titles and that's what smart players do when they're 14 years in and they need to rest they're, they I mean there's 82 games a year right yeah plus the playoffs so I mean and then fans go to these games and they get pissed when players rest it's just like what do you what what are, what are the fans expecting you know well they want to go to LeBron if you want to go see LeBron go, go I mean Go travel to Cleveland or or to to the Knicks and to, to Madison Square Garden or come to the to Staples Center or something
1: like that. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. Now, so because of, I I understand your point, I agree with you. But because they're making so much money and because uh, the NBA as a whole does have an entertainment value to it, a piece. I and and if you were listening before, I I said that I agree with LeBron and you know you got to win a championship and the ten percent that he had in the tank against Golden State is. Right. It was a focal point to their turning the series around, and I know there were outliers as well, but because he makes so much money, do you think that he has any sort of obligation to play in more games and not rest?
2: He, Alex, he has no obligation to anyone, man. Absolutely no one, and that's what the fans need to realize. I mean, life is unfair. I mean, it's yeah, it's unfair. It sucks for us as fans, but he has, no obligation to if he wants to take a night off he can take a night off i mean that's just how it is with athletes man that's just how us as fans these days especially these days i mean that's just how it is
1: yeah it's you know? not their fault and that they make so much money on
2: how many titles they have yeah and lebron i mean he's been to six finals six straight finals and you know he needs these these days of rest and he's going to get up probably a couple more now because, you know, he knows what to do. And he's doing the right thing. And like he said earlier, he knows his body better than anyone.
1: I agree. Jerry, thanks for the call. How's the back?
2: All right, buddy. Take care.
1: All right, dude. That was Jerry Ballooney, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, he doesn't owe anybody anything. And it sounds messed up. It sounds, it sounds insensitive. but fans cheering and fans being excited is not a direct correlation to winning games. It helps if you're at home, you know. More fans would boo LeBron in Memphis anyways. It's not like he sat out a home game, which he has, but these people are more likely, these guys are more likely to sit out road games in, you know, on weird nights in the middle of the week and, you know, whatever. They don't need it. They don't need it. They need to rest. I mean, it's not like he didn't work out three times that day. It's not like he's not pushing his body to the max every day. He just happened to not put a jersey on that day. Deal with it. Like Jerry said, go somewhere. Travel. I know, it's kind of a pain in the ass thing to say. I agree. I, but I think you said tra- travel. I'm going to stick to it. Travel. If it means that much to go see LeBron play sit outside wait till the game is about to start make sure he's playing and then buy tickets and just deal with the consequences of where he sit Bam after school special Anyways back to Russell Westbrook He's leading the NBA in turnovers He's actually tied. He has one more turnover than James Harden does, total. James Harden's playing a minute and a half more a game. Therefore, Russell Westbrook wins that battle. What's the end game? What's the end game? 25 games in, 26 games in. He's playing 36 minutes a game, 35 minutes a game, which is crazy. Like, it's not like he's playing 45 minutes a game and getting these numbers. He's playing a normal workload every game, 35 minutes. Now, uh, some of this probably has to do with game flow and 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 them getting blown out and them blowing people out, but averaging a triple-double in 35 minutes a game is pretty special. And he's starting to... This is the time of the year where all of the excitement... He's doing the exact opposite of what LeBron's doing. He's conserving zero energy. So hopefully, if he... T- if he begins to get run down, hopefully it's just stamina-wise, and not because his body breaks down. Because one more knee injury for him could be detrimental to his future. He's already had two major injuries. And he's, what, 27? So... He's gotta be careful. He's 28. He's gotta be careful. But he's not being careful. And that's not how- that, that's part of his- that's part of his charm is that he goes balls to the wall every second of every game, and that's how it's going to be. Say what you want about him being a bad teammate. I never shared a locker room with him. I never played on the court with him. So I can only go off what I hear. And I think Kevin Durant wanted to use a scapegoat, and he found a scapegoat because he wanted an easier path to the finals. And he got it. He got it. And if you want to use Russ as a scapegoat, some guy that will not talk to the media more than two, three words in an endearing form of what Bill Belichick does... You got a scapegoat. Perfect. You know he's not going you know to mess in the media. Pissed off Russ. But look where KD is now. He's at the top of the Christmas tree. So that's why I root for uh, Russell Westbrook. The purity of his game. The extremely godlike talent, skill set that he has is something to behold. He does special things. He does very very special things. And they win games. Too. It's not like they're 3 and 20. This is not this is not Carmelo. This is not Carmelo. So he's he's doing what he thinks is the best possible thing for his team. The Knicks are 14 and 11. So maybe my last statement wasn't great, but it's early. I just think that it's great for the NBA. Adam Silver's probably salivating. Because he could be the next one to market. He's not loud enough off the court to make it easy. Like, Magic was the best. Magic was the best. Because he's loud all the time. He's flamboyant. He's happy. He's got that big, big... Teeth, toothy grin, smile that's infectious. He played his last game just like he played his first. Hugging Kareem in a preseason game after he makes a buzzer beater. I think it was against the Clippers in San Diego when they were still in San Diego. Just hugging him like they just won the finals. That was the passion that that Magic played with, and that's what he was like off the court too. So he was easily marketable. Larry was white, I mean, which, which, which helped his notoriety. He was a small-town kid. He was so gifted in ways that the NBA hadn't seen yet. His ability to pass the ball, people don't remember. People remember him being able to rebound because he was 6'10", 6'11". he shoot the rock, had that ugly-ass shot. Him and John Stockton, I don't know how they got away with it. They, they go against everything that anybody has ever taught anybody about how to shoot a basket ball. You know, you, you put your hand up straight and you do the, the window thing and you shoot it and you release at the top. No. John Stockton shot like he was a soccer player playing basketball. But he was efficient. Oh, That was a little aside. Russell Westbrook is not loud enough off the court to be able to be a global star. He dresses loud. But he's very soft-spoken. He's very subdued. He's a weirdo. Like, it's good. Like, that's good. Because it shows- because he's- he's not scared to be himself. It works. It works. It's not globally, um, feasible. But because of how... How saturated the globe is with basketball now, everybody knows who he is. It's just- he's not gonna be- neither is Kevin Durant. Nobody's Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the Magic Johnson now. He's the Magic Johnson now, aside you know, aside from '91 when Magic's life tur- took kind of a weird and sad turn, um, which he's recovered from. But Steph and LeBron, okay, they're the easy, the, the easiest two guys to market. I mean, since since Michael, they're family men. And Michael and them were completely different. I'm not. I'm not comparing the two. Because Michael had issues off. Michael Jordan had issues off the off the field. There was there was gambling and there was you know I think adultery and stuff. He wasn't. I'm not comparing the two, but I'm saying at that level of of uh, of stardom, both of them, Steph and LeBron, family men. LeBron's got four boys. Steph's got two girls. Married. Been with their high school sweethearts forever. Stay out of the public eye. I know Aisha has, Steph's, uh, Steph's wife has a cooking show or something now, but it's all very organic. It's all, yes, you have, you have uh, more access to higher media platforms than normal people do, so it's easy, but they're very weird and funny, and they're a family, and Steph happens just to be probably the, you know, the second biggest basketball star on the planet. LeBron's the same way. LeBron's got an app. You know He's very big on Instagram and, and all this stuff, but it's all very organic. It's all very genuine. It's not forced. And it's all... It's all to show a little... A little magnifying glass into their lives. But when they want that magnifying glass shut, it's shut. It's not 24 hours keeping up with the Kardashians. It's very private. I bet a lot of people couldn't even pick Steph Curry... Couldn't even pick LeBron James' wife out of a lineup. You line up five beautiful women... In a row. But a lot of people couldn't even pick her out. Because that's how... They, they, LeBron wants to keep his life secret. Or secret, separate. And so does Steph to a certain degree. And that's marketability. Alex Clancy, here, in studio. I have 30 uh, seconds left. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Check out voiceamerica.tv. Uh, click on the rebound logo. Got a lot of great stuff on there. Matt Fish will be back next week. So will I. Rebound Radio, Voice America. We will see you guys next week.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.